Now, one of the most exciting things about Tuesday is when I invite a guest onto the show to share their soundbite. We all have memories attached to food that take us back to a specific time, a location, people that we were with, or just a feeling or a flavour. And today my guest is Cynthia Noons, co-director of the Mills Fabrica. I'll leave it to her to tell you a little bit more about herself and her soundbite. So let me just welcome her on the programme. Good afternoon to you, Cynthia. Hello, Sadia. Lovely to, to be on the show again. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you were on the show actually talking about um, some other things to do with Fabrica some time ago. Now, now tell me, Cynthia, you have quite, when I was reading a little bit about you, you you were brought up, you were born in Macau, and then when oh. you were seven, you moved to the UK. So tell me a little bit about your journey then. Okay, yes. So um, I was born in Macau, as you said. Uh, I have a Macanese father and Chinese mother. And then uh, when I was seven, eventually uh, the family decided to to move to the UK, um, Northampton. I mean, the funny story was that I actually didn't know that we were moving for good. Um, yeah, and then my mom was just like telling me, hey, you know, Cynthia, as, as, you know, we're, we're very you know, lucky to be, you know, traveling at a young age. Actually, back in the days uh, and every summertime we used to travel. So for me, it wasn't, it wasn't odd. And I was like, oh, wow, this, this year we're going to Europe. How exciting. Um, so I didn't leave any message to my friends. Oh, no, you thought you were going on holiday. <laughs> I was, I was. Uh, until eventually uh, when it was like August, September time, mom was taking me to school and then she was like, hey, Cynthia, you're, you're meeting your, your teacher and, and your friends. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> and so that was that was how I, I got there. Um, and, you know, been spending pretty much most of my childhood in, in Northampton. Uh, loved loved my life there. You know, we were living very close to to a farm. In fact, you know, every summer you can imagine um, strawberry fields. You know, mm. would go there, pick strawberries. Yes, I recall. Mum would make strawberry milkshake from it. So that was pretty much uh, every summer we had. So really loved the uh, memories there. Um, and eventually, you know, I was in London for my university degree um, at UCL. I spent three four years there, and then uh, because you know, as as a Chinese family, you know, we are very close to home. And, mm. you know, I made the decision there to to go back to, well, I mean, I didn't go back to Macau for work. I, I kind of took the, the middle. Uh, I said, mom, you know, I would, I'll start in Hong Kong, but, you know, at least I'm, I'm not as far away as I was. I would have been in London. Mm-hmm. Um, could take that one hour ferry ride to you anytime. So I, I, I made the decision to start my work in, in Hong Kong. And ever since then, now the past 11 years has been in Hong Kong. Wow. Yeah, so that's the past uh, life, uh, the past 30-ish years for me so far. <laughs> so, so really, and your interest in food, you've obviously been able to, you know, s- spending so much time in the UK as well, you've probably experienced different types of food, especially if you're going to school, you might have had some wonderful school dinners and things like that too. So, yeah. <laughs> so you have a quite a mixed palate of food. How, what would you say is your food palate like? Now, that's a very interesting question, Sadia. So, yes, I am a foodie. I love cuisines from all over the world. I think I'm also very lucky to be uh, traveling to many places. Um, I'd say, you know, because of my roots, I, I really love uh, Portuguese cuisine. Mm-hmm. Now, Macanese is slightly different. Now, I'll talk about that a little later. Uh, I love Portuguese flavors. I love Japanese, Thai, Indian flavors. To be honest, I'm, I don't have a sweet tooth. 
So I am more of a savory person. Um, and, and I love um, Asian flavors. So yeah, spanning from Japanese, Korean, Thai, uh, but then the Portuguese is, is really kind of the root. So that's why I'm a bit of a blend of everything. Um, but where, wherever there's good food, um, I'll there. go there. You're there. <laughs> I, I know the feeling. I do indeed. So, so when yeah. you kind of say Portuguese food, so what kind of flavors are we talking about? You know, you've got the Macanese, you've got Portuguese. So, you know, what, yeah. are, what are we talking about in terms of flavors? Well, if you're talking about Portuguese, you know, you'll see a lot of, you know, bacalao, you know, the the, uh, the salted cod, and then you'll see a lot of like kind of baileys. But I think, you know, just to extend a little bit what Macanese really meant, right? Mm-hmm. So kind of by definition, Macanese is, is the mix of Cantonese and Portuguese. Uh-huh. Um, and the flavor profiles there, you get that, then that's why, you know, you get a mix of both the Chinese and the kind of the Portuguese ingredients. So we use a lot of, say, bay leaves, uh, coconut milk, uh, turmeric uh, mm. in, in our in our food, um, and the chorizo sausages, you know, that's from the Portuguese, kind of the Spanish uh, kind of area. Mm, lovely, then, lovely blend. Uh, a lot of these yeah. good mix of flavors. Imagine that, you know, yeah. in food, um, you only see that in Macanese cuisine. So we are very, we are a population, although there's more. I was doing my fact check, right, just then. Um, we are currently at 1% of the Macau population. Now, that's around just 8,000 people uh, in Macau. But mm-hmm. then like around, I would say, 40,000 over the world, we are a small population. But uh, I'd say, you know, we are very proud uh, uh, of our cuisine, the Macanese cuisine, with all the different spices and the usage of, of ingredients. And then also, of course, our stories. Uh, so it was small but powerful. Well, it sounds amazing, absolutely amazing. So, what is it that you have uh, chosen for your soundbite? Yes, so I'd love to share this dish with you, Zaria, today. Um, it is a, cl- a dish very close to heart. It's called Dachu. So, Dachu. it's said Dachu, so mm-hmm. it's spelled as T A C H O. Um, it's a stew dish, so you would expect a lot of uh, meats. Uh, so, for example, uh, pork rind, you know, pig trotters, uh, pig's ears. Sometimes you'll come across like the odd dried Chinese sausage. That's what I mean by kind of the Chineseiness in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you would expect to have a lot of veggies. So um, usually we would see cabbage. Um, so the idea behind it is that, you know, the cabbage would soak up all the, the meat goodness, you know, the flavors mm-hmm. um, into the veggies and it's served as as a family dish. Um, and, and to me, you know, it comes with a lot of uh, childhood memories because we usually would serve it in, in the winter, um, in the festival season, which is, of course, Christmas, as we know it. Um, and it's only served in, in families. You know, you rarely see, in fact, I've never seen it in, in any restaurant. Oh. You'd only see in family homes is a very authentic dish. And, you know, as well, I was sharing with you, um, I've spent quite, uh, many years in the UK. Um, and back then when I was a kid, uh, I kept on seeing Dachu in every single Christmases. And now my, my mom was, you know, making a lot of dishes. Uh, and that was the one dish I remember. It was always there. And then, yeah. And then there was um, a time when one of our aunts came to visit us. And I was just really curious. And I was like, mom and aunt, like, why why do we keep on seeing this? Like, what's so special about this dish? Um, mm-hmm. And then my, my aunt told me, said, hey, Cynthia, you know, um, it is is a dish uh, made by the family for the family uh, in, in the very special season of, of 
Christmas, you know, in the winter. Um, and she told me a story um, and it goes, you know, back in the really old days, we're talking about hundreds of years ago, when, you know, families were slightly less well off, they didn't have too much meat in their fridges or their containers, or actually they probably didn't have fridge at the back of the time, but they didn't want to waste anything. Um, and meat was, was, you know, also a delicacy, you know, you don't waste any good meat. So, and, and they were trying to also feed, you know, large families. So what they did was they just take anything that they see. Um, so, you know, I think that gets translated to modern days, which is the pork rind and the mm -hmm. trotters and the ears. Mm -hmm. uh, but back then it was anything that you see that's of a meat kind of uh, nature and protein. Um, add a lot of veg so that, you know, the family could get a taste and the flavor of that meat through the vegetables um, and, and surf at the dinner table together as a family. And I was like, okay, that's, that's the story that kind of sticks to exactly kind of the long-term memory that I have. And that's why I'm telling you now. And, and that got me curious as, as I grow up, I actually look it up and see if, if that story was true. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, so what I found instead, which is very interesting is that it is also a dish that's served in, in royalties and wealthy families. Ooh. So, so it's been adapted. Right? It can be adapted. Right? You might use very rich cuts of meat then for, yeah. for those and, wealthy and families. Exactly. And the, and the various meats and the more, you know, more volume of meats, but then, mm -hmm. you know, still the consistent message, though, from both of these stories is that it's a dish that symbolizes family unity. Oh, lovely. Very it's very sweet, isn't it? It's very nice. And, yeah. Yeah. So um, it is. That's the same message that, you know, we hear from, I'd say, any Macanese families that would cook you the dish. Mm. And, you know, if you've ever been served that dish, I think, you know, it is because they want to show you you're a very special guest uh, because it is a, a family recipe. It's never been any the same, and, and you know, because it's all different from different families. Um, and it's only shared with people that, that you love and, and care about. So wow. and eventually, they know. I think... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and, and they would know, and they would tell you that because you know you don't serve it to to you know as a as a normal kind of sort of dinner, but you you do it in the festive seasons. Uh, you do it for your family with a lot of love, with a bit of storytelling. Um, and so the recent years, so before COVID, now I haven't managed to head home uh, at COVID time. So before that, you know, I. I would go home and, and Christmas and even Chinese New Year, I still stay on, on dinner tables. Um, and I think that's when I grow to love that dish more. Uh, when I was young, I have to be honest with you, Sadia, um, I, I didn't like it that oh, much. <laughs> it's, it's an acquired taste. It's funny that because there are many dishes that young people, you know, that people, I look back at some of the dishes that my mum made and when I was young, I didn't really, I wasn't bothered about them, but now they taste amazing. And I just think, yeah, it, it's an acquired taste. So over time, you appreciate these things, don't you? That's yeah, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think uh, your favourite profiles also grow as, as you grow up, right? Yeah. You've been um, you know, been traveling a bit, you yeah, really yeah, have uh, exactly. absorbed and, and really understand uh, the culture, uh, the heritage and the story. So food isn't about just food, obviously. Food has always been... But that's what it's all about. That's exactly yeah, it. That it's the memories. 
And and sometimes it's the taste of the food which is influenced because you know where it's coming from. Now, if somebody wants to see a picture of Tachu, you can go to my my Facebook page. That's just Sadio Osmani on Radio Three RTHK, and there is a photograph of um, your the one that you made at Christmas time. Yes, and it looks great, absolutely super. Yeah. So you are then. I mean, you know, you've mentioned quite a few times that this is obviously a family recipe and you don't actually see it very much in restaurants, things like that. So you need to keep that alive then. Like, you know, maybe you should open a restaurant where it serves it. But I mean, like, you know, are you, is it being passed on? You obviously know how to cook it. And, you know, is everyone, your siblings, are people still, are people cooking it? Is it still going to be like, cause sometimes these dishes disappear over time, don't they? No, for sure. I think that was exactly the reason why I tried to replicate it last Christmas. Um, I think there was a few reasons, right? One, because I really am missing home a lot. Yeah. I haven't managed to go home. And it was Christmas and, you know, Christmas times, you tend to think about your home a lot more. Yeah. Um, and then because I was also um, trying to just figure out, you know, what are these dishes I could cook for the friends that were coming over? And I thought, okay, it has to be that. Something different. So to, be, yeah. to be honest with you, it, it wasn't, I didn't, I didn't look for any recipes. I was just, just from my memory, from, from the, the, the flavors that I, I remember from what I saw, what I had, uh, and I just replicated the dish in kind of my very own version. But the story is still is still the same. Mm, <laughs> I would mm. tell the story, um, and I would definitely hope to kind of pass kind of that. It's, I'll say food is also a legacy, right? So kind of pass that story on so that it doesn't get lost, um, mm. particularly because we're such a small population. Yeah, I think absolutely. you know it, it really is is the best way to to pass our stories and such lovely stories and i think these should there's some amazing dishes that i'm sure are part of so many families that should be documented should we should have them so that people know that this is coming from families and you know you can't get those dishes in, in certain restaurants i know some things that my mum made that i i make now and i can go to tons of restaurants and i don't see that kind of food you know um so now you know you have traveled you've got sort of a, a kind of very background in terms of your flavors and things like that you've spent time in the uk and obviously now you've been in hong kong in if you look back at some of the dishes now like for instance in hong kong um what would be your kind of place to go to to get a nice dish what would you go for and also if you were in the uk what what would you go for although the lim you know the uk is probably has got a huge diverse cultural community in it and, and you can go from anything from moroccan to to you know italian to egyptian or whatever but what would you choose in, in either place well i think um hong kong is also a very interesting place right you you get a bit of everything and of course you get a lot of like the local tang and you know you go in for the usual egg tarts so i think it's <laughs> Going back to memories, um, I know that this is probably not kind of the, the best kind of uh, representative dish, but, you know, last uh, last last Christmas when I, I felt that, you know, I really needed to kind of go out and give ourselves a treat. You know what I thought of? Mm -hmm. I was I was I was going to Central for the very typical British pie. <laughs> oh, like a nice steak and kidney pie or something. Yeah, I made it the other day, actually. <laughs> I made a chicken pie with mushrooms the other day. So that was really nice. And that, yeah, and you can't believe it, right? So out of so many different cuisines, I was I was missing <laughs> a pie and the mushy peas, uh, oh, right. I think, because I, I'm also, you know, missing the time when I was in the UK. Oh, I grew okay. up there. 
So sometimes, you know, when people ask, you know, where are you from? No, I, I, it's a hard to... You say, have you got time for a story? Me. Let me tell you. <laughs> you have to be relaxed for me to tell you where I'm from. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I'd love to have that conversation. You okay, know, mushy peas and pie people. for the UK. It, and it, for Hong it, Kong? Interestingly. Okay. And for Hong Kong, I would say uh, it's the pineapple bun. It's not a dish, but yeah, food. Right. The pineapple um, bun. It, it's something that I, I would go for, and I'm very specific on the crust. Okay, it's got to be nice and crackly, eh? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, you know, you also have your days where you want to go full-on treat to, like, a Japanese omakase. But if you say, like, your um, Hong Kong food, I love uh, pineapple buns. I love the fishbowl noodles. I know where the best one is. I will, I'll I'll let you know, Sadia, online. I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to get <laughs> um, some notes from you. It's in Mong Kok. Brilliant. <laughs> um, it is, you know, something that I, I would really go for. And I could have that even every day. Like, okay. the typical fishbowl noodles well, uh, is something that I would go for. Do you know what? I could talk to you constantly but I think you know I need to carry on with the program but that was so good Cynthia thank you so much for talking to me today um, some amazing stuff there and you've chosen a track actually which is Coldplay and Viva La Vida so I'm going to play that in a few moments but thanks for being my guest on Soundbite and um, I Pleasure. hope I can talk to you again about food because I think you know there's for a sure. lot there that you really need to I think to we talk. should go for dinner Sadia. Yeah, we must do and we must, we must make a list of places to you know as things open up with a pandemic places that we can go and check out and we can tell people about thank you very much all right thank you for having me take care have a lovely rest of the day